This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. First, we're going to learn a little Kavayasha. Before that, I just want to say that um, TorahAnytime.com, just say we're after the Shir, whoever could help us out. They're really doing amazing things. It's just a little story that happened to me in Eretz Yisrael. So I was there for three. I was there for three days. I went to 17 um, seminaries. And I went to one seminary, and this girl walks up to me. She goes, Rabbi Walton, I know every single story and every single share that you have given since you're on, on Torah anytime. I said, okay. She said, I just want to ask you a question. She started asking me a question on this story and that, that. I never, ah, she knew every single story. There was a couple of stories she said, I don't remember saying them. And, and, and I said them, but I don't remember the whole story, you know, because I forget, you know, and, and it was like amazing. So I said to her, you know, you know, I don't remember every story, every detail I say. Why would you walk around like knowing every single story and every detail I said? So she said, when, when something changes your life, you don't forget the details. So, so that Torah, any, she, here she is, she's in seminary, that didn't change her life. But that she's watching every week on Torah anytime this year, that changed her life. So it's, it's really a, a, a venue that, that gets out there and, um, I get emails from Australia, from all over the place. They're doing amazing work, and whoever can get involved to help them out, monetarily or whatever else they need, it's a very, very big mitzvah. Because, like, right now in this room, what is the most people we can put in this room? 200, 300 people. That's 400 people. That's a full house, and you have to come at 10 o'clock at night and stay till 11.30. And, and once you're on Torah anytime and it's downloaded... These people can watch all over the world and anytime they want to, and once and twice and three times, as many times to, you know, to remember. It's, it's, it's really, really amazing. So really, when that camera's looking at me, that I'm looking at right now, it's like a huge stadium full of people. It's amazing if you think about it. So whoever could help, it would be a very, very big help and, uh, it would be a very big mitzvah. And it's absolutely tzedakah because you're spreading Torah. All right. Let us look for two minutes um, into the Kaviyosha, and then we'll talk about David HaMelech, which is my subject tonight. So he says like this, Because loves us, we count 49 days from after Shabbos. It doesn't mean Shabbos. It means from after the first day of Pesach to Chag It's Matan Torah, the 50th day. Why do we count 50 days? So he brings down from the Zayar, when the Jews were in Mitzrayim, they fell into the Klippa, to the 49th level of Tumah. Had they fallen to the 50th, they wouldn't have been able to come out. Now that we have the Torah, even if we're in the 50th, we can come out. That's why it says that when, before Mashiach comes, we'll be in the 50th. I think the 50th is, and I'm not, I got, I got a whole shmooth tonight, I promised him I would talk about it. I got a phone call yesterday, I listen to you, I watch you actually, I show it at Torah anytime, all the time, and you always speak against the internet. I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, you know, I need the internet. I send out my resume, da da da, whatever it is. I'm saying, okay, what's the point? He goes, well, there's something called koshernet. And koshernet is what, $30 a month? $80 a month? Alright, like $80 a month. He said, so instead of getting on talking about not having internet, you should talk to Koshinet that they should give to all the Jews who want. Somebody should should give a lot of money to Koshinet. And that way they can give all the Jewish people who want to be on the internet Koshinet for free. So I beg you, all of you out there, please call Koshinet and tell them what I'm saying, that if you have to be on the internet, they should give subscriptions for free and raise money so that people could go on the internet and and, and be kosher. I guess you can be kosher on the internet. I really don't know. I don't know if it's what shechit it is. It's chal Yisrael, exactly. I don't know exactly. Pas Yisrael. But um, he has a good time. And I said that this week when he watches me. Hi, how are you? That when you watch me, I'm going to talk about it. So we would love Koshinet to please lower their price. Now, Koshinet's going to say, but it costs us a lot of money. We have to write all the programs. So maybe somebody in this room will call up and donate to them a couple hundred thousand dollars so that people can go on to Koshinet for free. It's an idea. All right. But if you don't have to be on the internet, don't be on the internet. Okay. Now, so he said like this. If there would have been there another day that we, our children, our grandchildren, we'd all still be in Mitzrayim. Okay, we know this. And uh, they hit the 49th. So, so from after Pesach, we have to grow every single day, take a step out of that 40, out of that basement and climb those 49 steps to become free of, of the Tumah. 
But if you think about it, if you climb out of the 49 steps of Tumah, where are you? Zero. You're in the, you, that's not where you want to be. But Shavuos, you're supposed to be on the 49th level of Kedusha. So if getting out of every step, and then I get to come to I'm nowhere. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm not in the deep, but I'm, I'm, on, I'm on level ground, but I didn't climb anywhere. So, it goes together. Every day you count Svira, you, you, you're out of one of the Tumadika steps, and you're climbing one of the Tahadika steps. So it's a Sumira staying out of the bat, and I say, it's all one step. So by the time we're up to Shuis, we're supposed to be on the 49th level of, of Kedusha, which we're going to talk a little bit about tonight. What does that, what does that mean? What's the difference? I'm on the fifth level, on the ninth level. Do I feel any different? We're going to, we're going to talk about that. Okay. So, he says, therefore, we count seven weeks. Like in Ishanida, a woman who's Tomei, she has to, she has to count seven days. Nikiyim, seven clean days. And these seven weeks are, we count days, 49 levels of Tuma, and we count weeks. Each week is considered a day from when the Ishanida is not Tomei anymore. She has to count seven Nikiyim. When we finish the seven Nikiyim, that's Shuas night. That's the night of Zivug between Klaifel. I'm not going to get into it. That's very deep stuff. The night of Zivug between us and Klaifel. But we're supposed to be on that level. Therefore, it is very important that every boy in this room, Erev Shruz, which is Sunday afternoon, goes to the mikvah. Very, very important. But even greater than that mikvah, the Zayar says that the mikvah Shruz morning before davening, when you stay up, right? So then there's, there's, uh, the, the morning star comes out, Aloysa Shachar. At Aloysa Shachar, before davening, you're supposed to go to the mikvah. There's a tefillah in the Tikkun Leil Shruz to say, and that mikvah, he'll talk a little bit, I'll talk, I don't want to get into it too deep, but he'll talk a bit a lot of it, is huge for your neshama. It's like unbelievable. So if you can't do that, because you're not staying up all night, if, if you're not going to stay up all night, or you don't have a mikvah around, you definitely have to go to the mikvah Erev Shavuos. Very, very important that you're tahar when you're up Shavuos night. Okay. And the three days before, it's called the Shloish Yimei Hagbalah, which were the three days before we got the Torah, the men had to separate from the women. There was a, a fence around the Har Sinai. Everybody had to stay off Har Sinai. So the three days before, Klaithro was Matayo, made themselves Tahar. Okay. On the 50th day, Tishmuis, we went into the 50th level of Bina. Um, and that is called, again, this is all Kabbalah, but that is called Eitzachayim Asher Besoich Hagon. The Eitz HaChayim, there were two trees that we all know about, the Eitz HaDas and the Eitz HaChayim. When Adam ate from the Eitz HaDas, Hashem said, throw them out, because if he eats from the Eitz HaChayim, he'll never die. The Eitz HaChayim, in Kabbalah, we learned that what was the Eitz HaChayim was the Torah. Eitz HaChayim was the Torah. Eitz HaChayim he, Lamach HaZikim Ba. Right? So actually, actually, had Adam not sinned, he would have gotten the Torah not much later after Mitzrayim when we got the Torah in Harasinai. He would have gotten the Torah if he would have waited till Shabbos. If he would have waited till Shabbos and he wouldn't have sinned, then he would have been able to eat from the Eitz Hadas and he would have been able to have the Eitz Hachayim. He couldn't wait and, uh, and, and he sinned and therefore he lost out on both of them. But the Eitz Hachayim and Shizbisach HaGan, whatever that means in Gan Eden, in the middle of the Gan, of the Gan Eden, that is where the Eitz Hachayim is. So, Shavuos, this holiday, is called the Emtzah, Chag HaEmtzoi, the middle Chag. Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkot. So it's the Chag in the middle, which is Eitz Chaim HaShavuos And therefore, Shavuos is called Eitz Chaim HaShavuos that's what's written in the, in the Zoya. So it's a very, very, very big night. And that's why everyone is dead, dead tired on Shavuos night, and someone just told me every other night I could stay up, I could watch TV, I could go to the movies, I could play cards. Come Shavuos night, I try, I can't, I fall on my face, because it's a very big night. And also, anyone who stays up the whole night of Shavuos is guaranteed to live out that whole year without anything bad happening to him. And the Satan is the Malachim of us. He doesn't want you to live out the whole year. You're guaranteed, I'm going to read you a guarantee. Imagine, if I could go out right now, open up a store, right, and sell to the world, I will guarantee you that this year, you will not die. You know how much money I would make? Billions of dollars. If I can guarantee you will not die this year, and not only that, nothing bad will happen to you this year. I have a medicine, a pill. You take it, and it's guaranteed, right? Everybody in this room would line up, Rabbi Wallerstein. Uh, okay, it doesn't mean you can put your jump off a cliff and you're not going to die. But 
in a normal life, right? So we're going to learn it tonight that it says that any person who from the beginning of Shavuos night till the Aloysia Shachar doesn't sleep for one second, not for one second, and of course that means he's learning. Not every second you have to get a coffee, you have to get a breath of fresh air, but he's, he's not talking stupidity because that's considered like sleeping. He is guaranteed to live out the whole year through till the next Shavuos without anything bad happening to him. So it's a big thing. So if you're healthy and you're able to stay up that night, you should. If it's meant to be that person's going to die, you'll probably get sick that night, but he won't be able to stay up. If you're healthy and you're able to stay up, it's a guarantee. I'm going to read you the guarantee from inside so that you believe what I'm telling you. So let's read it from inside. He says like this. Al-Kain, therefore. Roy Benachan, it is correct. Any person who fears and trembles before God, that a person should learn the whole night of Shavuos. Go buy yourself a Tikkun Leil Shavuos. If you can't read the Tikkun Leil Shavuos, I advise everyone yes to, but if you can't, then you can learn anything a whole night. But it's a very big Indian in reading this Tikkun. And it takes about three and a half, four hours. In the Tikkun you will find... Tanach, Tyre Nevi Moksuvim, and Mishnayis, and Mamari Azara, and Gemara. In Israel, they only have one night of Shavuos. But we have two nights of Shavuos. He says there are people who know the big secret. The big secret is that the second night of Shavuos, nobody stays up. It's a very big Indian to stay up both nights of Shavuos. You're not going to have a minion the second night, because most people, you don't have a minion. So you go to sleep, whenever, whatever Aloysia Shachar is, 4.30, whenever it is, you go to sleep and you get up for minion. But it's, he brings down maybe a bigger Indian the second night than the first night, because the second night, nobody stays up, and if you stay up, it's a very big Indian. And praises the person who does this. And the Zayah says that with this learning a whole night, you are, you wake up the, the holiness of the of the other of the other world, and you bring a yichud together. And So let me read you what he says on the bottom. This is very important. Listen carefully. This is from the Kafanaki, and he says the following: Any person. Who stays up a whole night of Shavuos. He's guaranteed to live that whole year. And he will go through that year whole. He translates it into Hebrew because that's his Zayar. Anyone who joins the Shechina by learning the night of Shavuos. To adorn yourself with Adornment by learning Torah, he will be watched in Shemayim and on earth. He will go through the year in peace. It's important that you don't sleep this night at all. You should stay up this whole night. Learn Torah. I feel that you should know that anyone who doesn't sleep the night of Shavuos at all, even one second, and he learns the whole night, it's guaranteed to him, he will live out the year, who no damage could come to him in that year. Now he says something even scarier. Not only this, Ella, the, the way you're going to live that year, it's, it's, it's connected to Shavuos night. We all think it's connected to, to Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> He's saying here that the way you spend your Shavuos night, that is going to affect your whole year. That a person who doesn't sleep that night, he surely will not die that year. And therefore... Pasha, it's simple. To sit and learn a whole night. We see in the Shla, which by the way, today you're supposed to say his prayer to have good children, which is on Erev Rosh Chodesh Sivan, which was today with a special prayer. 
from the Shlach Kodesh, Ach Shechavu Vnei HaKodesh Baruch Hu, how it's close and loved by God, Levilti Nadum Rega Achas. Not to, Nadum means to, um, what's the word? Um, you know, like when your head goes down all of a sudden it jumps up, um, to, um, to doze. That, that, that how, how much Hashem loves a person who doesn't doze rega achas one second from learning Torah this night. You shouldn't talk that night about politics or sports or anything that's weekday. He says, really that night you should only talk Hebrew. You should only talk Hebrew. You shouldn't even talk English. Okay, but that's already, that's, we're not on that level. We know the famous story of the Beis that on that night they had very big Ruach HaKodesh and a Malach came from Shemaim. He was called the Magid and he taught them Torah. Okay? So, now, he says, Now, this is a big Kiddush. I have a lot of fights about this because a lot of people say, oh, that's, you know, for dummies. You don't know how to learn, so say you're taking because you don't know how to learn Gemara. I want to read this to you from inside. And he says the following, <coughs> what it says in the Zayah, the Tikkun Laila Zu, that this Tikkun of that Tikkun Chatz Tikkun Leil Shuas that we say, the Mali Be'Araisim Eternal Bein Mivim Luksuvim Drushim that that we say Torah Nevim Ksuvim Drushis right. Ubechen Yishtokav LeYom Hashum Limud BeLaila Hakad Agdusha Zu Ad Asher Yikra Tikkun. Don't learn anything else, says the Zayah, until you say the whole Tikkun Chatzais. What he says. That the This is what they used to say. Now, there are many people who don't hold like that. Don't hold like that. That you should learn it, and it's true because some people can't just say a whole thing. It's three and a half hours. They can't read it. They want to learn other things. There is no problem with learning other things because the, the the bottom line is that a person should learn that night. There's a famous story. And he says here that, 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 uh, that uh, to learn the second night is a very big thing. People don't know this at all. It's a very big thing to learn the second night. Because the famous story with, with, with uh, Rav Al-Kabbat, who wrote Uchadoidi, and the Beis Yosef was both nights. Both nights. Both nights. Kulam Bamudam. They were learning both nights of Shuas. Now they didn't have a second night of Shuas because, because they, um, they were in Eretz Yisrael. But they learned the second night also. Because actually the Torah was given on the 51st day. Rabbi Shabbat gave an extra day. So it's a big thing to learn the second night also. If you can, if you can, it's a big thing. There's a famous story, um, with the Vilna Goyim and the Magid, Midumna, and the, the Vilna Gain was saying Tikkun, and the Magid Midumna was learning. So the Vilna Gain asked the Magid Midumna, why aren't you saying Tikkun Leil Shavuos? Why are you learning? So the Dugma Magid answered him like this. He said that there was a guy in the marketplace, and he had, he used to sell rugs, carpets. So he sold carpets. So he had samples on the table of many different carpets. And he saw, this guy was watching. He didn't know the business. He was watching. He wanted to learn a business. So he saw a guy standing in the marketplace with all these different carpets, and people were coming and throwing him money. $500, $700, He said, wow, this is a great business. So he went ahead. And he asked the guy if he could buy some of these samples. So he bought like 40, 50 samples. And he started going around the houses. He had these little swatches. And he went, would you like to buy, would you like to buy this? He said, what am I going to do with that? It's not even big enough for a doormat. Get out of here. And he went from house to house to house to house. He couldn't sell one of them. So he came back to the guy who was making all the money. And he said, I don't understand. What kind of, you're running a business. You're getting all this money. I go to houses. They look at me and say, what are you, crazy? I need a towel? What am I going to do with that little piece of carpet? What's going on here? He says, oh my goodness, Meshuggan, are you crazy? You don't sell the sample. You show the sample. They order from what they see in the sample, 100 yards, 200 yards, 500 yards, whatever it is, and they pay you for it. The sample is only to show what you have in the warehouse. You're trying to sell the sample? You can't sell the sample if you have nothing in the warehouse. 
said the dogma Magid to the Vilna Gaim. He said, you say, Tikkun Chatzois, Tikkun Chatzois is a little piece of each parasha, like a few psukim, a little piece of the Tanakh, a little piece of the Mishnah. So he says, when you say a little piece of the Pasuk, you got all the, you know all the Torah behind it. So when you say a little piece, it represents the whole Bereshit, the whole Shemot. But me, I don't have anything in my warehouse, said the Dugma I don't know any of this. So if I'm just going to say the Pasukim, I'm just saying the sample. If I'm going to say the sample, that's nothing. So you see that there was like a, an argument that you should, if you should say it or you shouldn't say it. But it's no question from the Kava Yasha and from the Zoya, that's a very big thing, even if you don't understand what you're saying. It's a very big tikkun for a person's neshama. It takes a long time. It could take four hours, it could take five hours, it could take three and a half hours, depending on how fast a person can read. Okay, anyway, it's a big thing to stay up Shuas night. If you're going to talk and play around, then you're better off going to sleep. Um, if you're going to, if you're not going to be able to dive in in the morning, then go to sleep at 4.30 and get up at 9 and dive with the second minion. Because it's very important that a person, you know, that a person davens. And it's very important that you go to the mikvah, Erev Shuas. And if you can, and you live in a neighborhood that's near a mikvah, you should go after learning a whole night before feeling in the morning. Okay. I would love to talk tonight about David HaMelech. Now, Megillah's Rus, which we read on on uh, Shruis, before we get to Megillah's Rus, let's go to where David HaMelech comes from. I don't know why my markers always fall out, but okay. Shruis to Shruis. Yep. That, that's what it sounds like. No, it says you'll live out the whole year, which means truth to truth. Okay. What? I think Rosh Hashanah they decide if you'll be able to stay up all night truth. Because it really is true, because if a person gets sick, even if you want to, you won't be able to. Where do women stand on this thing? So uh, Rav Shimshon Pinkus speaks about it, and he says that there were women that stayed up the whole night. Not in shul, but at home. There, there are women that are big today, because in Eretz Yisrael, there's plenty by the castle, the whole night for us. Hundreds, 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 full. Full house of women there. So, Listen, it's their yantif. It's, uh, it's the yantif of Rus. It's, uh, it's big time. All right. Listen carefully. So the question is, where does Rus come from? Because uh, we have to know Rus. We read Rus on 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 Shavuot. Not only do we need to know where Rus comes from, but David Amelach comes from Rus, and Mashiach comes from David Amelach. So let's get to the whole beginning of the whole story and see where where it all starts, and we'll try to tie it all up together. Three Malachim came to Abraham Avinu and Sarah. They had four jobs. The question is asked, how can one malach do two jobs? We know that every malach that sends from Shemaim, he only has one job that he could do, right? We all know that. So the terrorist is like this. The malach, the malach that came, there was no malach that was sent to save Lot. Lot was not supposed to be saved. There was no reason to save Lot. Lot was living in, in, in a terrible place in Sodom. There was no reason to save him. What happened? What happened was like this. The Malachim asked Avraham, where's your wife? They came to this big hotel, right? Hotel Aishel. There's no woman, sir. There's no one there. So Avraham Avinu said that where is my wife? My wife is in the oil. She's in the oil. She's a, a, a Jewish woman is not supposed to come out and serve men. Right? Sorry, man, was in the oil. She doesn't come out. You have Yishmael being the waiter. I'm the waiter. But a, a Jewish woman, that's, she's not supposed to serve men because they're going to look at her. Look how pretty she is, and then she knows how to cook, and it's going to cause all kinds of problems. So they said, and he said, She doesn't belong out here, she belongs in the Ohel. Now, when Abraham Avinu Paskin, that halacha, in this world, that a woman, a Jewish woman, is not supposed to serve men, a lot of things changed. What changed was like this Moab. Right? Moab, the, the, the terrible sin that Moab did is that when we left Mitzrayim, so we were starving and we were hungry, we stopped by this country, Moab, who were sort of cousins because it comes from Lot. And Lot was a cousin, was a nephew. And we asked him for food and drink. And they said, uh-uh, we're not giving you nothing. So the Torah says that that cannot mix with us because Jewish people, 
The one thing we are, we have in our DNA, is rachamim. We have pity. We are a, a nation of pity. A nation that sees kids and women who are hungry and thirsty, and they don't, and they're not willing to come out and give them to eat or to drink, they cannot marry into our nation. We can't mix that DNA into our nation. So the Torah tells us that we are not allowed to marry from the Moavim. That's what the Torah says. We're not allowed to marry from the Moavim, this nation called Moav. And therefore, and therefore, being that, now let's go back to Lot for a minute. Lot left Sodom. He ended up in a mountain with his two daughters. They, the whole Sodom was burnt. It was smoking with fire. They came out of the cave. It looked like the whole world was Mars. It looked like it was over. There was nothing there, just red ground and, and salt and sulfur and fire. So the daughters of, of Lot said, there's no one left in the world. We can't have, there's no more men to marry. Who's, how are we going to have children? So we know the Pasuk says that the oldest daughter gave her father to drink and he fell asleep. He was drunk. She was with him. She became pregnant. She named her child Moav. Me'avi. Moav stands for Me'avi, from my father. Now, from Moav, we're not allowed to marry. Now, Rus came from Moav. So until Avram Avinu paskined that a woman is not supposed to serve, then the women of Moab did as big an avera as the guys. Because when the Jewish people came by, they should have come out and given us to eat. But since Avram Avinu paskined that women are not supposed to serve, so therefore the women of Moab did nothing wrong. So now, when Avram Avinu paskined that halacha, now they had to save Lot. Because from Lot came Moab. From Moab came Rus. So once he passed in that halacha, this malach got a new shlichus, a new, a new shlichus. It, wasn't, it had nothing to do with when he left Shemaim, because when he left Shemaim, he didn't have two things to do. He only had one thing to do. So therefore, listen carefully. So therefore, the basis of Rus being allowed to marry into Judaism was based on that sora imenu, that a Jewish woman is a tznua. The whole thing started because Abraham Avinu said Jewish women don't serve because they have to be modest and they have to be in the kitchen. That's I guess where the whole saying women belong in the kitchen, right? So, sorry. Sorry, everybody. But that's maybe where it came from but that she belongs in the kitchen because she shouldn't be outside serving the men. So therefore, the basis of Rus, where she came from, is from Sarah Imenu being a tznua that they passed in halacha, otherwise Lot wouldn't have been saved, there wouldn't have been no Rus, there wouldn't have been no, no Moab, there wouldn't have been nothing. So we have to remember that. The basis DNA, the basic DNA in Moab, in Rus, was Tznuah. Okay. Now, as, uh, and if you learn the story of Rus, you will see that the whole reason that Boaz was even attracted or even looked or even had anything to do with her was because she was a Tznua. To get to Dabana Melech, you have to understand where he came from. So let's go now a little bit into Rus. So you all know the story. I don't have to tell you the story of Rus. Most of you know it, right? There was a, there was a man and his name was Elimelech and he was cheap and he didn't want to give anyone food and he went to the Sde Moab and he had two sons, Machlon and Kilion. And they married two girls, Arpa and Rus, and they died, and he died, and all that was left was Naomi, the mother-in-law, and the two daughters, Arpa and Rus. Now, it's very important because we're going to talk about David Melech. And she told them to go back to the nation. Now, you have to understand who these people were. These were both daughters of the king of Moab. Okay, they were princesses. They married these two Jews because these two Jews, these Machlon and Kilion, were also princesses. They were the sons of Elimelch, who was a Shafei. So they were also princesses. So it was a big Shidduch, except they married Goyim. Okay? They for sure were not Megayer, because Rus was Megayer later. So she wasn't a Jew at this point. Right? They died. Hashem gave them a chance to do tshuva, they died. So now, these three women were left. Naomi said, don't come back with me. I have nothing. I lost all my money. I have nothing. Go back to your father, your princesses, you'll do fine. So what happened? They cried. And Arpa kissed her mother-in-law and left. That night, 
the Medrash says that Arpa slept with hundreds of men. With hundreds of men. Now, this is, a, this is an, important, an interesting point because from her sleeping with all these hundreds of men was born that night. From her, she became pregnant with Goliath, with the giant Goliath who went against David HaMelech later. He was conceived on the night that Arpa left Naomi. What I learned from this whole thing is look at, and I gave a share in this a few months ago or a few weeks ago, look at the difference in a moment. One moment, she's kissing and hugging her mother-in-law. And the next moment, she's doing znus for, with hundreds of men. The, 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 the moment, how much a person could fall in one moment. Look what happened here. She became the mother, which, which we're going to learn tonight because it's an amazing story, of Goliath, a giant that was 12 feet tall, that because she cried and held on to Naomi, was told that nobody in the world can kill him except one. The one that held on longer, which was Rus, which Goliath totally had no idea that that was Domina Melech, this little kid, whatever, we'll get to that. So look what one second happened. One sister-in-law became the mother of Mashiach, and the other sister-in-law became the mother of a giant who was the biggest Kiddush Hashem for us, and when we killed him, but who was the anti of Akash which we'll see soon, how he scorned God. And, and the whole difference was one held on, guys, and one let go. And I, and I think it's very important in all of our lives. The difference between holding on and letting go. Some people say, okay, I held on. I held on, I let go. What's the, what's the big deal? You know, I held on, I held on for a while. Look at the difference between holding on and letting go. One of them became Melech HaMoshiach, the mother of Melech HaMoshiach. Mother of Melech HaMoshiach, David Melech's grandmother. And the other one became a low-life mother of Goliath, grandmother of Goliath. So, a person has to understand that, that, you know, the holding on, the dafka boy, person's dafka, yeah, it's a big test and it's very hard to hold on. But the difference between stepping away and holding on is, is the difference between having a Mashiach and having a Goliath, chas Okay. He goes on, and she says the following. She goes, go back, and she says, Rus, listen to me, don't, stop telling me to leave you. Ki al shetel chielech, will you go, I will go. Where you will sleep, I will sleep. Your nation is my nation. And your God is my God. Okay, so she, she held on. Now, what happens is that there's still a very big machlaikis in Klai Yisrael if a woman from Moab can marry a Jew. This is a very big machlaikis going on for a very, very long time. Boaz, who was the Shofet, who was in his 90s, he was very, very old, he owned a field. Now, interesting, the day that Naomi and Rus came back was the day that Boaz's wife died. They came back, there was, there was a, 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 what's it called, there was a, a, a funeral, and there was a funeral of Boaz's wife, because now it was Rus's time to marry Boaz, so she died on that day. Hashem runs the world, everything has to be, everything has to be in its time. Okay. He goes on, and the reason that Boaz even pays any attention to her is that the, the boys who are, who are working in the field tell her, tell him that there's this girl, and she's very different than everyone. Instead of bending over to pick up the stuff that's dropped, she curtsies. She bends down with her knees so that her dress, that no part of her body is ever showing. And they say, I'll read what he says. He's bad-mouthing her. He's telling Boaz, you know, there's this girl, she's a Moavia. Now the Jews hated, it was like Nazis. Jews in Moabim was like Nazis. It was like we just hated them internally for what they did to us. So he was, he was telling Boaz, like, stay away from her. She's a Moavia. He said, um, but he said she's different. She she picks everything up different. Not only that, they I think they threw her over the fence. I'll tell you what happened over here. One second. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting. Um, if you look at the pasuk, 
He said, Hashem should be with you. Who's this woman? She came from Stayova. She's been here since the morning. So he said, don't go anywhere else. One second. Yeah. He said like this. I told my workers, my young men, they shouldn't touch you. So they said, well, why would they touch her? Why would they touch her? What are you talking about? These are yeshiva guys. Why would they touch a girl? So he said, because they were so... They, she's not Jewish. Where does she belong in this field for? We're going to take a pick her up and throw her over the fence. She doesn't belong in the field. Like it's for Jewish people, right? Get out of here. So he told them, he told her, don't worry, they won't touch you. They won't touch you. But and she fell on her face. Listen carefully, it's very important for all of us. She said to him, Why are you, why are you, this is a gadol, first of all. This is, uh, whatever, this is a shmooze I gave a few years ago. It's not my shmooze tonight, but a real gadol. Hello, why is he talking to a girl? He was the Godel Hador. He was the Ramesha Feinstein. He was the Rapam. He was the uh, he was the Godel Hador. What's going on over here? There's a girl collecting in the field. Why are you talking to her? Because a true tzaddik, a true tzaddik is a person who has been Adam Lechaveiro. He saw this girl. They were attacking her. They were trying. They wanted to throw her out of the. What's going on over here? She's a Moavia. Right. So she says to this Godel, "Could you could you just imagine like?" There's a girl, Lahavdal, Lahavdal, okay, Lahavdal. Rosh Yeshiva walks out of, uh, of, of, of Yeshiva, and, 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 and there's a girl on the street, a Jewish girl walking, and she's in pants with a couple of tattoos, and, and, and whatever, and, and, and maybe a tongue ring or two, and everybody's like, get out of here, get off the street, we don't want you near Yeshiva, and they're screaming and yelling at her, and he's like, okay, everyone calm down, it's a Jewish girl. Let's talk to her. Let's find out what's going on. Let's, be, you know. What? So she said to him, she said to him, "Madua matzasi chem benecha lahakirini." Why are you talking to me? I'm a guy. Why is the girl at door talking to a guy? Because this person, this girl, was being mistreated, and anybody that's being mistreated, if you're truly a goggle, you're not going to let that happen. Wait. Vayan Boaz, so Boaz answers her. Vayomalah, who got who got Lee? Call Shir Sisus, come and say, "Hakoy Moisi, you should tell me." Well, tell me a little bit about your life. You see a person at risk, boys. Now I'm not telling you you could talk to a girl at risk. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we're talking about Boaz. He was 90. He's a girl Hadar. Okay, I'm not giving you a head to talk, but but what he's talking about is to people, to people what they should do. He said. He said, I, 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 you say you're in a chwia. Tell me a little bit. What'd you go through in life? What's going on in your life? Who got, who got, what did you, what are you doing with your mother-in-law? You left your mother in your father's house. Did you left Moab? What's going on over here? And you came to the Jewish nation that you don't know anything about. He gives her a bracha. Hashem should pay you back. He's giving this girl a bracha. They want to throw her out. Yeah, the from guys. Throw her over the fence. She's a movie, huh? And the girl on the door is saying to her, blessed are you from Elokei Yisrael that you came to become a Jew. But Tomar, this is such a lesson on how to deal with people. So now this girl, she's talking to the God on the door. But Toma, she said, If I could find favor in your eyes, my master, you consoled me. These guys are screaming at me, you shiksa, you, 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 movia. And the Gadol Hadar, thank you for asking where I come from. Thank you for asking me about my life. You, you, you consoled me. Wait. And, and, and you were willing to talk to the heart of your maid servant. I, I can't believe you're willing to talk to me. And I'm not like one of your Jewish girls. 
He said, come and eat and take your bread and, and stick, it, stick it into the vinegar. That's what they used to eat, pizza and vinegar, and sit down. That's like Gadol boys. Gadol is the person who says, so what you, what's going on with you in life? How are you doing? How can I help you? To treat another person, even if they're, if they're different, those shaitim, those guys, they were busy throwing her over the fence. It's not, that's not godless. That's not shfuis. That's not chesed. That's not malchus. That's not ben el-machavero. It's such a lesson to be learned from Boaz. He could have walked, I have to worry about some girl. He's the girl on door. He's a shayfet. I have to worry about some girl. There's a bunch of guys screaming at girls. Hey, get out of here. She's not whatever. How are you? Tell me about your life. What's going on? No, you're dick. No, you're dick. Okay. Well, we're going to see this again a little bit further. So Ruth sends her down while he's sleeping. I'm skipping a lot, but I just certain points I want to make. And he says the following. Listen to this. Now, you have this Galadar who's now sleeping in a silo by himself, right? I guess he had his own room, whatever it is. Now, there was a, there, a Yibum. She, okay, I, can, I don't have time to get into the whole thing tonight. But there's a, because she and her husband had no children, right? So there's a, there's a mitzvah in the Torah for someone to marry that girl who was married to that boy. His first one is the brother. It's called Yibum. But the brother was dead. So the closest relative should marry that girl who was married and had no children and have a child with her. And that child brings the neshama back of the father who had no children with his wife. It's called Yibum. Now, these two brothers were dead. So the next one in line was a guy named Plony Almoni. Plony Almoni didn't want any part of this because he said, if I'm going to marry this girl, then they're going to paskin that in Moab. You can't be my children. are going to be disgraced, whatever it is. So Boaz was the next relative. So Naomi said, the way to show it called the Goyel, a sign, is when the man is sleeping, is to uncover his feet. That means I want you to cover me, which means I want you to marry me in order that I can bring children to my ex, to my husband who died. That's, that's called Yibam, whatever. So Naomi sent Rus, which is pretty scary, to the Galahadar who was sleeping in the middle of the night to uncover his legs. <laughs> right? To uncover his legs and then say, hello, you know who I am. Now, there's the Galahadar, you have to understand, there's a Tzadik, Galahadar, Shmir, Sinayim. On the highest level, he was a Shaifate, right? He's sleeping in the middle of the night. And a woman comes into the room and uncovers his legs and wakes him up, the first thing that, we, that anyone would do would say, excuse me? <laughs> get out of here! Crazy? To be, I'm gonna, the girl, get out, who are you? Right? That's the first thing we do, is scream at her. Now, listen to what happened when she woke him up. Listen to this. No, we have to learn from this. And this is what happened. Boaz ate and he drank. So he ate and he drank. He went to lie down at the end of the grain pile, because that's where he was in a granary. And she came and uncovered his feet, Batishkov, and she laid there where his feet was. So I guess he was really sleeping. It came at midnight. And he became very frightened, very startled. And he woke up. There was a woman laying at his feet. What was his reaction? Get out of here. Who are you? What kind of chutzpah is this? Who are you? So what he was asking, says the Medrash, is he thought it was a shade. He thought it was a mazik. Because a man's never supposed to really sleep alone. Because there's a danger if a man sleeps alone, there's a lot of dangers. So even like in the mountains, when the women are in the mountains from the bungalow colony, really you're supposed to, if a guy, guy's home, he shouldn't be alone. He should either go to his mother or a cousin or whatever. But a man's not supposed to sleep in a house alone. So when he said, me at, he asked her, says the medrish, who are you? Are you human or are you from the other side? Who are you? I am Rus. Could you do Yibam with me because you are my redeemer? Now at this point, you have to understand something. Rus was a tznua. Rus was a tznua. I'm going to tell you something that I never said before. It's a chiddush that I, that I came up with this year. Rus was a tznua. She was very, very shy. Very, very modest. Now, her mother-in-law is telling her, 
I want you to go down to the Gadol Hadar, right? And I want you to tell him to marry you so that my son who died will have a child that will bring my son back. Lady, lady, excuse me. Everyone is belittling me and calling me a shiksa, a moavia, a lowlife. If I'm going to go down to this granary, uncover his legs, and get caught, they're all going to say, we told you she's a zaina, we told you she's a lowlife, we told you all these moavia women are a bunch of goyim. See, we're right! One. Two. She didn't have a din of yibam. She had no halach of Yibam, guys. She was a guy. When she was married to him, she was a guy. If she was a guy, there's no kiddushin. There's no marriage. The only time there's a chiv of Yibam is when a man marries a woman and the man dies without having any children. So through that woman, you can bring a child into the world to redeem that man. But she was never married to the man because kiddushin by a guy is not kiddushin. So why didn't she just turn around to her mother-in-law and say, listen, I became a ger, I'm a Jew, I'm a new person, I got nothing to do with your son, there's no chiv of hibum. I'm not going down there. You know, finally, some rabbi, right, some rabbi, even though I had a, a tattoo, some rabbi found me to say that, you know, you join the Jewish religion, you're a good girl, good things are going to come for you, there's somebody that believes in me. Every person wants a rabbi to believe in you. The Gadol Hador believed in me. She came home, she said, eh, The Gadol Hador spoke to me today. He gave me to eat. He asked me how I'm doing. He gave me a bracha. Okay, good. Now go go to where he's sleeping and uncover him. <laughs> Are you crazy? Are you crazy? I have some relationship. Maybe like tomorrow he'll get me to a seminary. You know, he'll get me to a Besiako. I'm going to go down there and uncover his legs. And I don't have a chiv in Yivam. So what am I doing? And the answer is that Rus was Kulei Chesed. She was Kulei Chesed. And even though she was putting her whole life on the line, it didn't matter. Her mother-in-law wanted to her to have a child so that she could bring back the name of her mother-in-law's son. Where did this come from? So the Tznua came from Sari Imenu. What I wanted to say when I was thinking about preparing this year, something came into my head. And I wanted to say like this, that the two daughters of Lot that slept with their father, which is incest, right? Which chas v'sholem, you're never allowed to say something bad. There's a famous story where Moshe Feinstein, he had a guy in his shul who used to say, how could the Torah write about a father and his two daughters? And Moshe Feinstein, there was a whole story where on his deathbed, he said the two daughters of Lot were waiting for him to take him to Gehenna because he spoke Lashon Har on them. Because they were doing it to save the world. Which is Oilam Chesed Yibana. They were doing it to, they didn't know that the world was around. They weren't doing it for an Avera. So, so saving the world, right? They were will, willing to give themselves up to save the world, even though they knew what they were doing was a, was a terrible thing, but to save the world, to have children. Otherwise, there was no way to have children. So, so Rus, who had that DNA, that Messiah's Nefesh, that came from her grandmother who was Lot's daughter, that Messiah's Nefesh, to go down and also do something that was a little not so tzniyistic, which was against her. But she was doing it to save a world. Because it says that bringing back the name of the father is like saving a world. That's Yibum. Where did that come from? That came from that act of that daughter who was with Lot. Now you're a dick. And the Tznuah part came from Sarimenu. Had she not been a Tznuah, that daughter would have never been with Lot because there would have been never have been a Moavia allowed. There would have never been a Rus. So everything Hashem does, everything is tied. And from that act, which to us looks like, hello, father and a daughter, hello, right? Comes Mashiach. Comes Mashiach. And what's Mashiach? Mashiach saving the world. Mashiach is coming to save the world. So they thought they'd save the world by being with their father. Rus was saving the name of Naomi's son. And Mashiach is going to save the world. It's all one DNA. All the way from the beginning, all the way to the end. And, and, and this is Shruis. This is, this is Megil Asrus. But this is all to lead up to David HaMelech. Now, I actually danced in my kitchen when I learned this. Once again. Don't, I hope you don't bring that camera to my kitchen because it looks very weird. Wallace Wallstein dancing in his kitchen. I think it's very important for every boy in here 
to um, to to understand who David Amelech was. So I'm going to just really fast. I'm going to learn a little bit in Shmuel. Shmuel Perik Tezayin says the following. So Shaul did an Avera. He let Agag live. Right? We all know the story. And now the Malchus was leaving, and Shmuel had to find the next king. Now you should know something that when Moshe Rabbeinu gave the in uh, in Bamidbar, he said Yachad. He said the words Yachad Shifte Yisrael. Everyone knows Yachad Shifte Yisrael. If you take the Russian table, Yachad Shifte Yisrael, it spells Yishai. It spells David Amelach's father's name. That the that when the, we're all going to be together, we're all going to be together. Will come from Yishai, which will be Mashiach, which will be Melech David. That's when Yachet Shifte Yisrael. Okay. Now, Hashem did not tell Shmuel who of Yishai's sons was going to be the next king. Okay? So, when Yishai came, when, when Shmuel came to Yishai, there were seven boys standing there. Seven boys. And Shmuel had to pick who's going to be the next king. The biggest and oldest one of them all was someone named, a son named Eliav. Vayaris Eliav. Shmuel saw Eliav. He was tall. He was handsome. He was the oldest. Vayoma Achneged Hashem Meshicho. Oh, that's the one that's going to be the next king. Vayoma, listen carefully to this passage. I've been saying this all my life. And this is for everybody in here. Vayoma Hashem El Shmuel. Hashem said to Shmuel, Al Tabet El Marehu. Don't look at his good looks. But El Givora Kamasai. Don't look how tall he is. Kimastiu. Because I have rejected him. Kiloya Shayirha Adam. Don't judge a cover by its book, said Hashem to Shmuel. Don't look at the Chitzite. Don't check a book by its cover. No one's even, they're all sleeping. No one's listening. Right? When a person looks at another person, when a teacher looks at a student, when a principal looks at a, at a teacher or a student, they don't know what's going on inside. We don't know what's going on inside. It says Hashem, People look at other people through their eyes. This is one of the biggest psukim boys. Hashem doesn't look at you with his eyes. Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks into a person's heart. It's not what you look like. It's not what you're saying. That you could fool people. Shmuel was fooled by Eliyav. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, he's not the one. Shmuel, he's gorgeous, he's tall, he's pow- he looks powerful. He's not the one. I'm Hashem. I look at a person's heart. And why did Hashem not take Eliyav as the king? Because we'll see later on, Eliyav had a very bad midah. And what was that midah? Kas. He got angry very easy. And a king and a, and, a, and, a, and a Mashiach is not a person who can get angry very fast. Okay, so they brought all seven sons. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.